This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. It's the roundtable on 900 CHML. Good morning. How are you? Hello. Fine. Very well, thank you. It is the day of the hump today. (laughs) (laughs) More commonly known as hump day. And we're at zero degrees. This was, I believe this was the first morning when we came in and it was actually a dash in front of the number, i.e. negative two. Ah, yes. I think so, yeah. Yeah. At least this fall. I mean, earlier this year, January, February, there was a lot of minuses. <laughs> yes, <there were laughs> obviously. The odd one, you know, it was wintertime after all. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to block that from my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, we had uh, the food professor on the show earlier today, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois from the um, Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University. We were talking about their latest food service report, which uh, identifies some issues, obviously, with the restaurant uh, industry because um, quite recently, I think it was Restaurants Canada, identified that... 51% of restaurants in this country are losing money. They're in the red uh, in comparison to, I think it was 20-ish percent pre-pandemic. So obviously they're struggling. This food service report shows that 29% of Canadians, so one-third of Canadians, are either very satisfied or satisfied with their restaurant experiences based on the money they spent. So 71% are like, eh, it's really not that great for the amount of money I'm spending this outing, this dining out is not working for me. Uh, I've kind of noticed it from time to time in terms of going out and, and, and dining. The last time I was out at a restaurant was in the East Coast. And we kind of had it in our mind that we're going to spend some money here. So let's enjoy ourselves. And we ate at some pretty good restaurants. and But we ate some fast food as well to kind of balance out the <laughs> cost, right? Because sure. we couldn't do that every day. Yeah. But And, and here's, here's the three reasons why I think we dine out. Number one, we don't feel like cooking. Right. right. I don't want to cook tonight, so let's go out. Number two, you know, special occasions, whether it's a birthday or anniversary or something really special. You want to go out and celebrate in style and you're you're OK with spending the money. Number three, you're going to eat something that you don't have the, the skill to cook um, <laughs> or, you know, make make yourself. So those, I think are the three reasons. And social gatherings. I mean, social. Yeah. yeah special occasions. Yeah. Social, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what are your experiences with restaurants? Shona, we'll start with you in terms of dining out. Are you finding you're doing it a lot less now than you did a few years ago? Absolutely. For sure. And is that all based on price or is that the kind of like... Price is part of it. I mean, there's, you know, near where we live, there's a mom and pop breakfast place that Mm -hmm. we've gone to for ages. Right. And, And it's great quality. You know, I mean, the bacon isn't, you know paper thin mm-hmm. um and and you know they when they do eggs benny right. it's from scratch so you're right? going there knowing you're going to pay a little bit more but the food is yeah, so sensational but, it's worth it but the price has crept up to the point mm. where we're like really right we're gonna spend that much for breakfast when the thought is i can make this at home exactly right including the eggs benny i'm just saying oh, yeah. one of my favorites <laughs> Paul, are you of the same mindset? My, well, I think the pandemic changed everybody's thought on going out. Right? Oh, yeah. As far as um, two, th- you know, two things happened, you couldn't go out. And number two, well, you could just order it in. Mm-hmm. And when people started ordering it in, yeah, it costs more than if you went and picked it up yourself. But you didn't have to pay the tip on, on the alcohol you bought. You weren't buying the alcohol. And, yeah, it cost more for the plate uh, than you would if you just picked it up. You had this, you know, skip the dishes kind of thing. But it was still cheaper than going to the restaurant. So yeah. we trained ourselves. We don't have to go to the restaurant. We still get the restaurant food. The other thing, though, is the service. Holy moly. Um, I feel really horrible for restaurants because they can't get staff. And it yeah. is so obvious yeah. because, yes, sometimes they have enough wait serve staff on, wait staff on. But if they do, they don't have it in the kitchen. 
And so you get your order taken, and what was 12 to 15 minutes Mm -hmm. can be an hour. And it's because the kitchen's all backed up. So either you don't get the service at your table because they're short of staff, because people aren't going to apply for these jobs anymore, or the kitchen is. So you're paying more for food, which is, you know, the food's good if you're going to certain ones that you like. But inevitably, most restaurants are facing horrible service problems. Yeah. We had an experience um, uh, we, we were all going out for a graduation dinner, uh, lovingly paid for by my brother-in-law. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a win-win. But uh, right before we walked in, they had a member of their kitchen staff quit. Oh, no. And so they were really short-staffed oh, no. and absolutely nothing they could do about it. How are you going to get somebody to come in, yeah. you know, in 10 minutes or whatever? And so unbeknownst to us, that was the reason why our meals were so delayed and coming out at different times. And finally, the maitre d' had to come over and, and, and explain the situation. It's like, well, you know, you can't really help it. But still, it was not a great dining experience. Yeah. I think they should tell you how long the wait's going to be now. And just to, so you're preparing, for, mm-hmm. once you, you know, you're sitting down and saying, you you expect a meal to come out at a certain length of time. We've been doing it for years. For years, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's way longer than it used to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think if people know it's, look, we, we're having difficulty with our kitchen staff, so it's going to be a little longer yeah. tonight, then people are okay with that. It's when you're not told and you're going... Is, did they forget the order? <laughs> yeah, what is instead going of, on? Instead of knowing that there's gonna be, it's going to be a little longer, yeah. this, when you start to look at the kitchen door going, uh, did they, uh, have they forgotten me? <laughs> That's when it makes it kind of really Did upset. they close and not let now, me know? Yeah, For the exactly. social <laughs> gatherings, I don't mind it. Yeah. When I'm going yeah. out with, them, with a bunch of buddies and we're going to sort of hang around, I don't mind the lower, slower, slower service because it's a social thing. But For if, sure. If you're going out with your family and you want to have dinner because you don't feel like cooking, then you don't want to have to sit for an hour waiting for somebody else to do the yeah, cooking. Yeah, you want to you eat and get back yeah, home. I could and, have yeah. cooked in an hour myself, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing, too, that I've noticed with restaurants, at least the, the ones that I've recently visited, is that they were extra appreciative of you coming in because they have obviously noticed that many people are not. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So uh, I actually was startled. We it was we went to a Chinese restaurant at a friend's place. We, it was a friend's gathering, and I was startled by the greeting when I walked <laughs> in the door. They were yeah. so it's like fireworks are going yeah. off now. Thanks for coming. They in. were so rambunctious with their hello. It actually took me back. Like was do I know you? And then I realized no. Exactly. <laughs> and then I thought, boy, they got no one coming in if they're really happy. And yeah. then I realized, yeah. no, the place is full. But they're really happy to see us anyway. It's <laughs> yeah. a great one. Yeah. Uh, People Magazine naming Patrick Dempsey its sexiest man alive. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What took them so long is the I, only question I have. You don't know. I'm just happy they made a decision, and it was me this year. I'm very grateful. finally made the right decision. Yes. Big announcement last night on Jimmy Kimmel Live. We, uh, why they waited so long. Here, I mean, he's 57, and there's a lot of chatter on social media. that Why did they wait so long? I mean, this should have been done 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. When he was actually a star of something. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, at, at 37 and 40, I, to be honest, he doesn't look that much different no. than, no. than 30 years no. ago. And as my one friend pointed out, he's very, very de- handsome with gray hair. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is. Absolutely. So, uh, but he is about to star in a Michael Mann movie, Ferrari, so. Yeah. So the timing is pretty So it's good. not like yeah. he's a has-been. Jeez, I wonder <laughs> if that was kind of paid off in some mm-hmm. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> People Magazine, what's that going on? That would never yeah. happen. He, no. he is not the oldest, sexiest man alive. Sean Connery still holds the title. He was 59 when he was the sexiest man alive in 1989. 
And Tom Cruise is the youngest ever sexiest man. He was 27 and 20 days when he was named Sexiest Man Alive in 1990. There is one other individual that shares the record with Mr. Cruise at 27 years of age, although a few more days added on. Cindy Crawford was, along with Richard Gere, named the sexiest couple alive in 1993. They used to do couples? Do they still do couples? That was the one and only time they did sexiest couple. I guess they were going to name him, and they're like, well, why don't we add her and, you know, pump up this whole thing, because now we have two megastars. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think, as I said to you this morning, I, the biggest thing that surprises me out of all of this is People Magazine still in existence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had no idea. But there Apparently it is. Apparently, Paul picks up his groceries and hasn't seen well, it. Well, yeah, buy, I mean, I would buy magazines, but try to find them. Yeah, yeah. sure enough. They're really hard to find. It's, yeah. it's tragic. It's sad. Last one for you. Do you know who is the only non-entertainer to ever land on the Sexiest Man Alive list? only been one a non-entertainer and he was actually the fourth man to be named sexiest man well, alive back in going, 1988 now you're going shona, far, you way mean? too far back for me to guess <laughs> shona do you know the answer <laughs> no i think my idea was even farther back i was gonna <laughs> say mark spitz mark spitz yeah well that would have been a good guess but yeah. no that's a little too far back okay john f kennedy jr oh. was 28 years of age <laughs> back in 1988 i know so, <gasps> so he was handsome almost like an entertainer yeah. He was in Seinfeld, so that counts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although not physically in Seinfeld. <laughs> no. They're by representation. Yes. As it were. Yeah. John, John. I'm not even sure if they used his real voice, to be honest. I'm out. No, actually, he did John, appear John. in the episode. Did he appear? I think he did. First they intimated did. it, and then I think he did. I'll have to double check on that. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.